With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. You alright? Hi guys. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah, well, I should probably explain what was going on there. Just before we started recording, Paul said... Uh, well go on, tell me, what did oh, you no, say? My, uh, well, long time pod listener Andrew Holdsworth texted me over the weekend saying he'd listened to the last pod and was worried that you two sounded like you'd had a row. (laughs) Myself and Dave. He knows what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hadn't as far as I was aware, but, you know. If you don't know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's frosty in here. I wish I'd never said anything. Let's go! Wow, that is incredibly loud. Sorry. Uh, So since the last uh, podcast... There's been two games. We didn't even think to do predictions for the for, Liverpool for no. the Liverpool no. game. I don't. We did prediction for the Man City one though. We did, didn't we? Mm. I think both yourself and myself we predicted a draw, didn't we? Yes, Paul. And we would call ostriches for that. I predicted a one-one draw as well. Correct. Yes, the traditional Fergus Craig prediction. And I would have predicted two-two for the Liverpool game. <laughs> oh, well done. No, I wouldn't. Dave, yeah, uh, you didn't predict a draw, did you? No, I was expecting a thumping. Well, I'm glad that you were wrong. I'm delighted I was wrong. It was a great game, the Man City game. Mm. Nervy. I was so nervous. All the way through, I was terrified. I was expecting at any moment uh, Man City to make the breakthrough because there were a lot of... A lot of defending seemed to be happening around our 18-yard box and around <laughs> around the mm. danger area. But it's a tricky one with that game, and kind of the same with the Liverpool one. I can't tell if they were having an off day or we made them look average. Because Man City, the game before they played us, they won 4-0, and the game after they won 4-0. Yeah. And they drew with us. And Liverpool have had pretty awesome... Again, a lot of four-goal wins as mm. well. And we seem to be nullifying these teams. Well, I think, I think a lot of it 
I mean, obviously, a lot of it, all of it, has to go to Rafa Benitez. I mean, that he's t- turned. I think it's interesting that he, he's not been afraid to drop some some big players. Yeah. And I think um, I read a like Yoan Gufran and <laughs> yeah, I read it and and you know CMD Young. Um, a lot of the, <laughs> the there was a there was a guy from um, the the Chronicle, the the Northeast newspaper, who who said that this is the first time. Uh, that Rafa Benitez has named an unchanged side in 102 games. Um, so the, between Man City and Liverpool, no changes were made. We saw the same teams pull, come out and pretty much put in the same performances. Like, I don't think anybody in the, in the uh, Man City game was worse than they were in the, the Liverpool game, and I don't think anybody in the Liverpool game well, was any better. If I remember it rightly, I remember that the Man City game was a right old ding-dong. Yeah, it was quite enjoyable, and uh, I, I thought we were all right for, and competitive for most of that game. I feel Whereas, a bit like we deserved to win the Man City game. You know? yes, Their goal shouldn't yeah. have stood; it was yeah. clearly offside. Oh, it was. God. It was definitely uh, that was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, um, but also when you compare it to the Liverpool game, where yeah. the first half it looked like we were back to shit old. Uh, Newcastle. Is anyone else finding the volume really loud? No. Oh, no. no. Okay, that's just my headphones. Yeah. Okay, I just want... How about now? I just, appre- I just appreciate that the Newcastle Natter listener well, you've got might to bear not want our voices that loud. loud. On the commute, and they've got to hear it over the sound of yeah. wind that's in the Okay. And Well, in that case, I'll talk a lot louder. <laughs> that was loud. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. <clears throat> no, that's okay. So, uh, well, we won't go on and on about the, the Man City game because that was a while ago and I don't remember it all. But I think yeah. the key thing was seeing Wijnaldum dropped for the first time, yeah. which we didn't think would happen. And it seemed to pay off. I yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember on the, the, the podcast before the City game, I was calling for it. I was saying he, there's just no way he can be picked again because he's been so poor for so long and he mm. hasn't done anything. I don't think Perez was brilliant. No, it's probably not his natural position. I think the problem stems a little bit that we don't really have a natural left winger. No, I agree. of any type. I mean, we've we've got one, but he's on loan to Marseille. Is this Tovan? Yeah, he what, what about Marvo? Sylvain Marvo. Well, he's going to save us. The minute the Wizard of Oz <laughs> gives that boy a heart, he can start. Until then, no. Now you say that the main thing to talk about is. The fact that Wijnaldum was dropped, or whatever you say it was, mm-hmm. I would have thought that <laughs> maybe you need to turn it up a bit. You can't hear the point that we were making. I would have thought that the main thing to talk about is the fact that uh, Vernon Anita <laughs> was just a little late to miss out on PFA Player of the Year <laughs> <laughs> because if if you'd have had to put a bet on a player. To score a goal yeah. like that, oh. would it have been Vernon Anita? <laughs> no. no. We've complained a lot this season about how we've not had a backup right back. It turns out we did, and he's possibly up, maybe not our best left right back, but he's been decent. Two really good goal. performances yeah. and then a, a great goal. He does seem to come into his, like if you remember last season at the end, he was immense against West Ham. Hmm. This seems to be the part of the season when he comes into his own. He looks so happy, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I like. Cool. Uh, 
I like that um, in the, the post-match interviews, him and Townsend, and um, Townsend rightfully got man of the match. I mm. thought he was tremendous against Man City. I thought he was tremendous against Liverpool as well. Um, but uh, Townsend uh, remarked that he, he thought it was a very good cross that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that Anita put in. And I, I like that there's a little bit of ribbing, but yeah, Anita getting that... Are the, you talking about the Liverpool game? No, the no, Man City Man game, City. where Anita scored. Yeah. Townsend was dismissing it as a shot and saying that it was a good oh, cross. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fine, right. And it was a little bit of banter between the boys. But it's, it's like, Anita seems to be a, a player for the big games. He seems to raise his game yeah. when it matters a lot more, because a lot of our players seem to just go missing in the big mm. games. A lot of them seem to like shy away from the responsibility. Certainly Colaccini does. And he's supposed to be the club captain. He's supposed to be the, the leader on the pitch. But Anita, smallest man on the pitch, biggest arse, biggest goal. He has got a huge arse, That's he? true. Let's just spend... <laughs> let's just set aside ten minutes to talk about Anita's arse. <laughs> it is... Like, it's got to be his biggest organ. Not that an arse is an organ, but still. Well, it is when it's on Vernon and Anita. <laughs> yeah. It's a... An, not only is it an it's a it's a church organ. It is a <laughs> it is a large. It looks padded. He it looks a... like he's getting the unwanted attention of people, like in the club, pinching his ass. So and he's the way some books down there yeah. to stop it. He the way a... he wears his shirt also looks like he's trying to, ex- off. Yeah, trying to <laughs> accentuate his best feature. He has a lot of junk in his trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased for him because it's it's very much in vogue at the moment. The big ass. <laughs> now, um, I I thought it was a very enjoyable game. The New, Newcastle yeah. Man City game. It was. It felt like um, a lot of games from years ago, when even when we weren't really competing for anything, it was enjoyable to watch Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. But then there was the memory when the game finished that this was a really important game and although one point against Man City at home is great on any other uh, day the circumstances that we're in we're wondering is a point enough we've got to play Liverpool away on Saturday yeah, yeah. and a similar story there in the in in respect of the fact that we we got a point but was it enough I think in a way, though, given the form of those two teams, if you'd said before, Man City home, Liverpool away, two points. It's not amazing, but it's two points more than you would expect us to get. Yeah, yeah. Totally, but that's that's the thing. Now Benitez seems to be working his magic, but it all seems too too late. We put ourselves in a position where we actually needed... We didn't need, but we could we have done with... We kind of deserved three points against Man City, I think. Liverpool, not so much. No, I, I think a draw was a fair result in the Liverpool yeah, game. Yeah, I'd say even they were marginally the better team, but we had our chances yeah, as yeah. well. Well, let's talk about Liverpool. Um, am I right in thinking neither of you guys saw the game? You saw no. the highlights. I tried to watch it on, on, on the streams and stuff, but the... Were you about to name the stream? Name? I was. Coney. Cody. Cody. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I thought I, you were going to say Co- so I had Co- f- Coney 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh God, I forgot about him. Um, I had to follow it on, uh, you know, Jeff Stelling and the boys, and it was... I, I, it's When the game doesn't matter, I, I, I enjoy watching it like that because every time they go to yeah. your, your game, every time the person watching your game, like, 
makes a noise, expletes in some way or the other, you, you get excited. But this was just gut-wrenching every time. Yeah. I should explain, because I, I do know that a lot of our listeners are foreign. And when Dave says Jeff Stelling and the boys, he's referring to a ludicrous programme that we have <laughs> in Britain because it's illegal to show football games at three o'clock on a Saturday. Mm. We have a programme where men sit and watch football and we watch them. It, in many ways, it's the... <laughs> Forget how ridiculous it is. It's, it, it's, another, it's a precursor to another big programme in Britain called Gogglebox. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's us watching people watch, watch television. Yeah. Um, but it is oddly compelling. Oh, it's it's such great TV. Um, but yeah, so I was watching it via that, and uh, when whenever um, it was Matt Letizier who was watching our game, wasn't it? And um, whenever he shouted or or inhaled deeply or whatever, I, I just knew that it was a, a goal scored against Newcastle. And in the first half, it seemed like Liverpool could score pretty much at will. I mean, we were we were camped in the, our own box by all accounts and watching the highlights, uh, you know, um, well, I've watched I, it since. But we didn't, we looked a little bit nervous. And then in the second half, apparently, in, in halftime team talk, Rafa Benitez had said, You've got nothing to lose. Like you can, you can get something out of this game if you go for it. Like they, we obviously targeted their left back, a young lad called was it Flanagan? Uh, no, well, I think it's uh, uh, Randall. Randall, yeah. their yeah. new guy. Yeah. Who really, by the way, Rand, this guy Randall, he doesn't look like a footballer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Neither does John Flanagan, to be fair. Yeah, no. Like um, he's escaped from somewhere. But we clearly targeted him, and so when Townsend was attacking him in the second half, and when Anita was given a bit more license to push forward, I mean, we were getting loads of joy down that side. So It was slightly disappointing, because I didn't see the game, because I was on a mini-break. <laughs> so I've only seen the highlights since. But it was a very weakened Liverpool lineup, and they had all the distraction of Sacco's drug... Mm. test failure oh, yeah. before the game you kind of thought that's where you should go out on the offensive I know Liverpool are in amazing form at the minute but it's slightly disappointing that we had to again away from home get to half time and be told it you can't keep playing like this if you want to stay in the league but then what? I think I think we were set up and I think if, if we'd managed to make it out of five minutes without conceding Mm. I think we we would have gone at the game, but we didn't have a chance to settle before. Because essentially, what happened is that we we gave away a fairly cheap free kick um, uh, for the first goal, uh, and it was uh, just over the halfway line. The ball came in, and like um, Dummett and Lascelle were caught in two minds, both of them, and not, neither of them really. It looked like Dummett passed on responsibility to LaSalle yeah. without telling LaSalle, I've passed on responsibility to you. And I think we could have maybe like dropped a little bit deeper when, when we knew that the ball was going to be pu- pumped in behind us. It was a very quick free kick. That was just it was, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm picking fault. Yeah. As someone who actually did watch the game, yeah. sure. Uh, because uh, my local uh, dive was showing it. And uh, the first half was enormously uh, depressing. It did look like we were back to yeah. the Newcastle of most of the season. It was, I think maybe the first goal went in and then all confidence 
went. I think that the players felt like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And certainly the well, fans Well, they've been there like a lot before. Uh, that first goal, it was a great finish from Storage, I thought. But it seemed like... Um, it seemed like... So who were the two defenders? It was Lascelles and... Dummett. Uh, Dummett. So it seemed like... Dullet, on, the one, on the one hand, they, they seemed to collectively show Sturridge onto his left foot, which was An ridiculous. Error, yeah. Yeah. But it seemed like Dummett was behind Sturridge, mm-hmm. stopping Sturridge from turning, in theory, and then Lascelles was behind Dummett. Yeah. Stopping. LaSalle was marking Dummett. <laughs> it seemed like you would have thought with, with two of them, I know it's quick. Yeah. But you would have hoped that they could collectively have swarmed him yeah. and covered well, a I think if they'd each. had the time to prepare, because it does seem like our defence is well drilled now, but when they're caught off guard and have to think for themselves, I think, it I think would, they struggle. I think it was an error. Yeah. And. Uh, and was, yes, it was quick, but it was an error and it was disappointing. But you can tell sort of how bad a lot of the players' instincts are by the amount of time Rafa Benitez seems to spend in the technical area in our games, talking every player through exactly what they need to be doing all the time. Mm. It looks a lot like PE. Right. (laughs) He's just there telling them, like, stay in that position, go here, don't go past the line there. Has he not always been a bit like that as a manager? He's quite a... I think he's always been quite hands-on, but the, the, I don't think he's out of the technical area in our games much. Like the extent that he's having to like, do the footballing for them. Mm. Like, uh, you know in disaster films where someone who can't fly a plane has to fly and someone on the ground is talking them through exactly what they have to do all the time? Yeah. It feels a bit like that. Right. Where he's just talking our players through how to be footballers. Right. One thing I did quite like about Rafa being the manager in this game was that because of the significance of him going back to Anfield, the cameras weren't constantly on Klopp. Yeah. I'm starting to find Klopp a bit annoying. I like Like, him. Well, he is sort of entertaining. Yeah. But he feels like... I mean, he's charismatic and all of that. But it feels like he's... (laughs) But it it feels like he's aware that the cameras are... Like, we just need Klopp cam. That's what it'll be next. It, like, he seems to be constantly performing. I don't think that's deliberate, though. He's not milking it. Like, if Robbie Savage had the same amount of oh, scrutiny, God. he would be very much aware of it. Well, I, I don't think. Camera. Sure, I don't think uh, that the value of a man should be judged in <laughs> how he is compared with Robbie <laughs> no. Savage. That's yeah. You know, yes, he's but. Jurgen Klopp is better than Hitler. I will yeah, Robbie Savage is the worst thing to happen to football, without doubt. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I, I like Klopp. I'm not dismissing it, but he does seem. I don't, sometimes I don't I think, think he that's his fault, though. I think much. it's yeah. just he, because he's interesting and different. He gets that level of attention. Sure, there was one though recently where, uh, I think it was the Dortmund game where Liverpool when they when they won. Uh, very late on mm. yeah or maybe it was another game but Liverpool had scored this amazing goal and Klopp put his hand up to like say uh, thank you to the fans you know like as if it's like he celebrated the goal like he had scored it yeah, but you know I, I don't mind like knee slides from managers whatever when they go crazy celebrating 
but it was like he was like, "You're welcome." <laughs> I I did that goal. I don't know. I like him a lot. I think yeah, he's very I've got, good I've got for the no league. problem with, with okay. Klopp. All right. I think you're just anti-German. I think that's your problem. Anti-German. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to remind you that I'm in a show with David Hasselhoff. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It doesn't get more German than that. It doesn't get more German than that. So, uh, did you just just throw up at the thought of my career? It was the the nature of the humble brag. So, and we got to, I don't think the brag was humble. So we got got to half-time, and uh, I think most of us who were watching the game thought... That. That's a dig. Yeah, that's a fair one. <laughs> Look, I, I was in panic. I, I was having a mini. It was any consolation. I realised that this season has ruined my relationship with my wife a bit. Because on the Sunday morning, she woke up and told me she'd had a dream that Villa had already been relegated, and she's got no interest in football. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I've ruined you. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, my girlfriend doesn't even. It's just it's a separate part of my life, and that is just accepted. But do you not find your mood is so affected by Newcastle that it can just ruin days? Oh yeah, especially recently. Uh, well, a bit, but I've got enough other shit going on in my life that <laughs> <laughs> the day will be ruined anyway. Jesus, oh. I mean that was a joke. That's but, bleak. Know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once it was half time, it felt like. We were on for a thrashing. It really yeah. did. Yeah. And and then you're right. Rafa came, did some amazing team talk. All the you know the players themselves got it together as well. Mm. It was nice to see a halftime substitution. Yeah, like it showed. Remind me what was that? So it was Perez off for Wijnaldum. Yeah. Yeah. It just sort of shows to the players like you can't be expected to do that and be allowed to work your way out of it. Like it's, it shows a level of unacceptability that I don't mm. think we've had a manager express before. Yeah, I mean, I was quite keen to see Mitrovic. I was quite keen to see Mitrovic start. Yeah. I was, and certainly at half-time, I would have liked to see Mitrovic come on. But Cissé stayed on and Cissé scored. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think... I mean, credit's got to go to um, the work down the right-hand side from Sissoko, Townsend and Anita because they, they, they linked up pretty well throughout the second half by all accounts. Mm. Um, I think the, the cross in to Cissé is getting a lot of credit because it was, it was an accurate cross, but I think Mignolet was terrible. For that oh yeah. Cross. He, he, yeah, like he should. He basically he got. It was underneath. a goalkeeping error rather yeah. than a great cross. Like he got, he got underneath it and. He should have been able to get rid of that that that, that cross, and I'm delighted that he didn't. Mm. And credit to Cisse because he was up against um, a big bruising centre half, and he still managed to get the header away, header on target. The keeper's coming at him. He, he he did his job, and I think the reason that he's being picked um, ahead of Mitrovic is more to do with him running the channels and him yeah. and him acting as a not a not a hold the ball up, but provide a threat and I, I think, think we've said before he's being played a bit in the way Defoe is for Sunderland sure, where he's yeah. having to make runs so that long balls aren't just flying back and I think he's doing quite it's a tricky one to see say because there was that counter attack we had where he was suddenly yeah. through and right. just his control was terrible but at the same time I'm not sure if any of our strikers 
Apart from yeah. him, would have even Perez? I don't think would have got into that position. No, I agree. I could see Mitrovic having done that, but but yeah, that was disappointing, and that came directly after a penalty a penalty appeal. Yes, for Liverpool. Yeah, Tiote already on a yellow card on Sturridge. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Penalty. Maybe, I think it's 50-50. You'd expect that to be given against you, especially with Liverpool at home. Dave? I agree. I think we were lucky not to get it, not to be on the receiving end of a penalty. But I don't think it was a... Like, I've seen some people refer to it as a stonewall penalty. It absolutely wasn't a stonewall penalty. I don't think penalty. it was a penalty. I, think, I really don't. I don't think it was a foul. I think... I think, I think he, Teote didn't get any of the ball... And Sturridge well, fell over. He didn't get. I don't think he got any of Sturridge either. It, is a, if, it seems to be quite prevalent at the minute of players like diverting their back leg out yeah. to catch a player and earn. Well, I'm sorry, but that I, but that's, I don't yeah. think that that should be a foul. I think no, it's not because otherwise you will have a foul constantly. Cause yeah, it, I, I agree. I'm not saying that it was a definite penalty. I, I'm saying we're lucky not to. Like be on the the receiving end. Sure, it wouldn't have been the biggest surprise it, yeah. in the world if that had been given. And at first glance, on the TV, yeah, it did look like a penalty. I but, was I was nervous, but uh, it was. I think I on the subject of Teote, sort of the Man City game was amazing, just for how well he played and the fact he didn't get booked. It was amazing. Like Teote was steaming into tackles. He didn't them. get booked. That's. I don't think he did. In no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting you. I, I definitely I, I, got to an hour thinking Teote's not been booked yet. Well, I, th- I think what was well. great about him is he seemed to, from somewhere, against one of the best teams, certainly one of the most expensive teams assembled in the Premier League history. One of the best teams in the. He had so much confidence to. When he received the ball, he wasn't in a hurry to get rid of it yeah. again. He 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 was quite happy. Like even if even if uh, Yaya Toure or Fernando was pressing upon him, uh, he was quite happy to to put his shoulder or his backside into them and turn, pick a pass, and and play it. And there were a few times where I was screaming at the TV for him to get rid of the ball. Just get rid of it. You're under pressure. Get rid of it. Mm. And because he took a moment, took a breath had confidence in himself he didn't just give it back to our centre half who then had to hump it long he was able to play it to like a, a 10 yard ball to Colback, who is now in space yeah, well, Colback's goal against game. Liverpool comes out of that dynamic of Teote and Colback. Teote seems to be the player he was yeah. four years ago well, it's 2011 yeah. speaking of which uh, we got uh, uh, some action on Twitter from Salisbury who asks, have a word on why Colback and Teote are working now and weren't the rest of the season. We bought replacements for both. Well, I think Colback was point. being played as the, almost as a replacement for Teote, and he's not that type of player. Colback's better when he's arriving into the box and he's given licence to get forward. And Teote's giving him that now because Teote actually seems like he can be asked to be mm. a football. Teote's not trying to get forward too much. He's just sitting in front of the back four, tidying up. So although they're playing alongside each other, really it's more Teote right in front of the back four, giving it to Colback. And Colback's being allowed to do what he's better at, which is making runs and sort of linking midfield with our sort of front four, I guess. So Colback's a shit Lampard. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> and we saw him getting a shit Lampard goal. Yeah. yeah in yeah. other words, you know, a coming in. A goal, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and well done, Jack. And yeah. in the interview afterwards, couldn't help but know... When you see him in an interview, you realise just how red his hair. He's incredibly. Oh, I thought you were going to say just how stupid he is, but both well, are true. Maybe that as well. But I, I thought it was when the, when the cross came in, um, the initial cross came in, and it was you know bobbling about the box. It wasn't mm. wasn't easily cleared. Um, we have four people in the box. Yeah. And how often was that true under McLaren? Rarely. And because um, uh, Colback was was coming in from the left. Um, we were, I think we we kind of overloaded the the left on, in, in the second half, which is why he was able to get into the box. And criticism has to fall on the the Liverpool players for not tracking him because he's not that pacey. And it was a good, he, you know, it wasn't like the the ball came in and it immediately fell to him and he was only five yards away. There was, you know, uh, um, incidents in the box and he then got on the end of it. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't. It does seem like now under Benitez, there is that new phrase in football in the last two years or whatever, game management, Yeah, that there wasn't under McLaren. There is that, we are 19th on the table, hmm. we need points, let's not just do what we prepared in training on Friday, Yeah, let's get in the box and... and and try and score a goal and there are periods of sustained pressure and momentum in games that they didn't used to be under McLaren I think Benitez seems very good at analysing a game live and picking out from the opposition where their faults are Yeah, and that sounds like an easy thing but I'm aware very much if I watch a game live I have no idea what's going on or who's like at fault for anything it's only when you watch it with commentary you realise like you do need a bit of a helping hand. It is true. I, I mean, think... so many people think they know about football, but yeah. so. Li- I always used to remember years ago not really getting why Roy Keane was considered yeah. such yeah, a great player, before, but he was yeah. the sort of player that you, when you see him live, you realise how good he is. Not that I ever saw Roy Keane live actually, but players like there are those players like I remember seeing Fabregas live. Yeah, and live you sort of get oh yeah he completely controls this game like I, I met a few years ago when I saw mm. I don't know what I'm talking about now but I remember a few years ago <laughs> no, I think you're right. seeing it's... Kabai and Teote together mm. uh, live when we were actually quite good yeah. so we're just, just absolutely dominating so I remember like a lunchtime kickoff on a Saturday and I watched the Newcastle game then and then we were game of the day on Sky Sports, and, and basically game of the day means that you get like 60 minutes worth of highlights. So you effectively get the whole game again, but because you've already watched it, I'm no longer like wrapped up in the emotion of it. I'm not kicking every ball. I'm not panicked. So are you talking about the Liverpool game? Uh, no, it was, it, was, it was a while ago. Oh, right, I, okay. I'm just saying an example. Yeah, yeah. So to back up what you're saying, when I watch, when I watch it with the, the highlights, I can mm-hmm. then see... Oh, the reason that we were doing so well is because, like you're saying, like Chelsea and Colback now operate as a partnership just in front of the back four, yeah. and the the direct balls that we're firing aren't long balls to Mitrovic to try and head the ball down and immediately get an attack going. Yeah. It's into the channels, it's into the into the areas that we need, and you you watch the passes that are being played, and if you watch it with you know if you pay attention, it 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 comes to you a lot 
clearer. Yeah. It's just when you're watching it live that I'm too busy hiding behind my hands. I think as well, along the terms of what you're saying, it seems like we have partnerships and kind of trios all over the field now. It's not just 11 players who, mm. like, that person cocked up, we blame that. Yeah. We blame them for this. We have a centre-back partnership where they both know who's doing what, apart from the Liverpool first goal. But as well, Sissoko and Anita and Townsend, like you were saying, they knew what each of them had to be doing. They knew how to get past players. I don't feel like we've had that in a while. Not since we had the front three of sort of Barr, Ben Arthur and Cissé. Cissé, yeah. With, with, again, with, like you're saying, with, with Teote and Kabai having a partnership yeah. in the centre. And going back to like Gutierrez and, and Enrique, they had such a great partnership yeah. on the right, on the left, and, and, um, and Simpson and Barton had a, had a great relationship in the centre and the, and the right back positions, and Routledge further forward. Like, it's been since then when we've had a team. And I think dropping uh, Taylor and Colaccini through injury, granted, but having Lascelles and Mbemba, they seem to have a natural understanding yeah. between each other. I would put them as our first choice centre back pairing now. Yeah, if everybody's fit, I which would at the beginning of the, those two at the beginning of the season, if you'd said Lascelles was going to be our first choice centre half, I would have laughed you out of the room. But it's more a case of how crap our other ones are. <laughs> you would have laughed. You would have laughed until we actually left the room. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So uh, we've had a full mental breakdown. Ha ha ha! God, Dave's really, Dave's really lost. Ha ha ha! Should we leave? Because that is getting really annoying. Ha ha ha! So uh, we've had quite a few responses on Twitter today. So I would like to get through them Sorry. before. Go before we, we finish the podcast because I do need to leave on time today because I'm going to see. Hamlet this evening. <laughs> Anyone who worried Fergus wasn't thespian enough, <laughs> you can put those worries away. It's an abridged version, an hour and a half, no interval. No. Main worry, will I need a piss? That is the main worry. Now, uh, winnie.uk on Twitter asks, why do some players not even jump for headers, Perez in particular, tactics to win the second ball, or just lazy spineless? Hmm. I mean, I would have thought maybe Perez has done the maths and works out he's not going to win that battle. But, uh, well, yeah. but then you remember Bellamy. Bellamy would never beat... I mean, Bellamy couldn't beat a toddler in the air. He's, he's, too, he's too small, but he would always challenge for the ball because he knows yeah. that you put anybody under pressure and it, it just makes yeah. their job a little bit harder. True. I think, I think uh, what, what was the name? Winnie. I think Winnie is... Um, uh, is, is maybe referencing the, the Liverpool game where Perez wasn't at his best and deservedly was was taken off at half-time. Um, yeah, he's not on top form, old Perez, is no. he? No. And also when he says, and for all that is wrong with Colaccini, he is one of our best options for distributing the ball in midfield. That's just a, a comment, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've never really yeah. been blown away by... Colaccini's long pass. He makes runs forward that make you think he's a bit like Philippe Albert, but you realise actually he just... They tend to lead to nothing apart from getting cheers and he ends up out of position. Yeah. He's a a cultured player. He's a South American centre-back in that mould. It's often a a suggestion that's made of a cultured centre-half. Oh, he'd be better as a a defensive midfielder. But I don't think he would be. I think it's... You know, he's a good... 
a good passer of the ball, but I would certainly say that LaSalle and Mbemba are our first choice centre-backs right now. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't have had Colaccini ahead of any of our midfielders. No. I think as well, on the point of Perez, I think that's kind of fair in a way, because even if you are tiny, you should still put your body in the way. There's a good example yeah. yesterday watching the Arsenal-Sunderland game of Barini, who's not massively physically imposing, but it's just positioning your body between the opponent and the yeah. ball and yeah. holding it up. And Perez doesn't seem to ever do that. He'll retain the ball through skill rather than any other means, but that doesn't sure. always work for him. And it makes him look a bit of a one-trick pony. So he needs a bit more guile. I think so, yeah. More guile, guile, please, more guts. Iose. Okay. More guts. Hmm. And guile. Forget that instruction about the guts. He needs the two Gs. Okay, so we'd like some guile and some guts, please. And gusto. Gumption. Yep. Yeah, the four G's, Grit. the four G's, the, Grit. the five G's. It's, Grit. it's famous. G's. Ginsters, <laughs> yeah, ganja. So it's the seven G. No, I think perhaps there's been a bit too much ganja this season. Oh. Uh, in our eleven, um, or maybe in, with regards to the Liverpool team. Topical joke topical about joke. Sacco. <laughs> there we go. So uh, it, took, it took several months, but Dope. we've done a topical joke. <laughs> Back to Twitter. <laughs> Philip Huntsman asks a good question. If you could spend, if you could spend last summer's fifty million again, would you still buy Metro One Alden? Paul, I think that's a good question. That is a very good question. Well, it's difficult because, isn't in it? a because way, I don't think they're the problem. But if you look at what you could have got for the One Alden money. Speedboat. Formed a team around. You could have got several speedboats. <laughs> well, you uh, would, this is the thing. You always. Because if, I, if you look at what you could have bought, like, yeah. there is not a single Premier League team that would have not bought Mares for 400,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think the issue is more would I have spent the Cabela and Tovan money than it's yeah. no. Yeah. I think Wanaldum and Mitrovic were kind of filling gaps that we had in our team. I don't think I think we're just unbalanced. We didn't sign that. I don't think they're the worst signings we've made. Like one's our top scorer, and one does give us a really good option. And is our second top the end scorer? Of games. Yeah, I, I, I can I see agree. the point of the question. Yeah, but I don't think. I think the problem isn't how we spent the money on those two players. It's what we did in the last five or six transfer windows in not building a solid team and a framework. Because if we'd spent properly before. Not even spending a lot, but if we'd spent fulfilling the gaps that we have or held on to like Santon, players like that, I think Wijnaldum and Mitrovic would look like even better signings than they have been. Sure, but I mean, Wijnaldum is our top scorer, but looking back and looking on how the season has gone, would you have maybe bought a left back and another central defender for the money that we got, we spent on Wijnaldum? No, I, I, I don't. I think the you look at how we're playing now under Benitez. Yes, and that says to me that the the money spent on players wasn't the problem, as as Paul says, and not even necessarily the. I mean, yes, we should have spent money back in the back in previous seasons, but the the issue was employing uh, was like the the money that they spent on on players they they scrimped on management. And like I was willing to give Steve McLaren and, and Black and uh, the others a fair crack of the whip, and they failed 
comprehensive yeah. fundamentally but we got them, we clearly got them on the cheap we we hired a guy that was fired from derby um in the in the championship but if if we'd given money to not not even a manager of the caliber of Rafa Benitez a Moyes sort of yeah, type David Moyes Brendan Rodgers someone like that from the start we wouldn't be in the well, we wouldn't I think you've both managed to successfully not really answer the question <laughs> and move okay. it on so, to so something what's else. Your answer, would you yeah. say? My answer is let's move on to the next question. Yeah. Someone's uh, gotta to get to Hamlet. <laughs> this is why me and him fell out. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a, you know it's clear that there isn't a, a d- d- definitive answer to yeah, that question, yeah, yeah. is there? You know, but it's a good one. But I wouldn't have trusted our board to invest that money differently. I think they got the best they could yeah. for their limited skills. Gary Spence, 1984, says, Do you think a core of Mitro, Perez, Mbemba, Shelby and Lascelles would be good enough to bring us up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's a mid-Premier League spine. Yeah. And, I think um, Shelby, even though he's been dropped recently, a player of his calibre in the Championship, would do, it's like yeah. Barton at Burnley. At I mean, you say, you say it's a mid-Premier League spine. It's, it's a 19th in the table. Spine. No, I'm, I'm saying... Under uh, the right conditions and the right under, manager. Under the right yeah. manager. It's well, a, and also under the right... Like, with, with the right players around them instead of Colaccini and... Yeah. And I think they, if you look at all the promotion hopefuls in the Championship at the moment, all of those players would get into their teams. Yeah. Speaking of under the right manager, it's a question we've asked before, but Alex Cato says, if we go down, when, and Rafa leaves, who would you guys like as a replacement? I've said it before, until I know who's going to be available, because it could be that uh, Kike Sanchez Flores is available um, from Watford, because mm. the, the Watford owners seem to be taking um, taking exception to their... Uh, second half of the season form, I'd have him. Yeah, Roberto Martinez will probably be available, but I do think he isn't a very decent manager at all. And no. considering our weaknesses are all in defence, he's not what yeah, we need. He's not going to improve us. Uh, I, like, so- I'm starting to convince myself more and more, and I hate myself for doing it, because it's just going to make it worse when it happens. I think if we go down, there's, the chances are getting stronger by the week that Benitez will stay. Really, I am starting I d- to pick just, up on this. The, the Chronicle seems, seems like, to be doing a lot of, we think he might steal. Yeah. <laughs> I think not so much that. Maybe just because that's what people click on because of how it's... Well, it, maybe. Yeah. I think it's more, he seems like an emotional man. He seems to be won over by things that aren't necessarily about money in football. It's not like if we'd had... Who's the one that always ends up at Chelsea? Hiddink. If it was that type of manager who was brought in to keep us up, I would definitely say they would be gone at the end of the season. Yeah. But Benitez seems... He does seem, I hate myself for saying it, because if he... Yeah. Just, no, he does seem an emotional man. He yeah. does seem to appreciate... He seems like a romantic. He does seem to appreciate the sort of city that loves its football as much as Newcastle yeah. does, does. And also, from the looks of him, he's, he's the sort of man who would appreciate the city that has a 24-hour Greggs. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but as well, I imagine if he all. was told at the end of the season, you have final say on everything, I think he would take us back up. So I have two, two issues. One, he's going to have... More than that. <laughs> one, he's going to have a lot, of, um, a lot of options ahead of him because there are going to be a lot of clubs 
uh, changing manager all over Europe, and he can go to pretty much outside the top tier. He can go anywhere he likes. He can go to any Europa League club. He can go to any Champions League club outside of like Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern. You know, the ones who are going to actually I win the I think it would have to be thing. something special for him to leave maybe, his family in England. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, um, we are going over old territory here, but he does seem like he very much wants to stay in England. Sure, he, he might want to stay in England, but is the Watford job something that he wouldn't enjoy? I, I, I don't know, but is the Watford job in the Premier League better than the Newcastle job in the Championship? I'd say no. no. Uh, the other thing is it's debatable, um, though. I is think. will given that Newcastle United are going to have to pay John Joe Shelby eighty grand a week, Andros Townsend however much he's on a week, um, Genie Wijnaldum until we sell him, all these players that we've got on, uh, on on contracts without a relegation release clause or a relegation like reduction in pay clause, we're going to pay all of them, and we're going to have to pay Rafa Benitez a shit ton of money because he's that caliber of manager, and I can't see. Mike Ashley paying that to Isn't get out of the championship. Basically, he, sorted though that they know what. I'm assuming he would be on the same play, yeah. pay that he's on now. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Six, there is a worry that because either side can opt out of that contract. There's a worry our board would opt out and he'd be keen. We yeah, that be very occur to me that, that did occur to me that that would be very typical, but that would be so idiotic. Yeah. Well, we got promoted with our assistant manager last time. So they could look at Ian Shearer. Sure, but at that time, bonds. no offense to the legend that is Alan Shearer, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know we weren't we were we were only losing an unproven manager. Yeah, yeah fair. I just I've got no faith in uh, Lee Charnley or Mike Ashley having the the wherewithal to. I don't think it's going to be Lee Charnley's decision. I think yeah, I think he's gone. going to get fired. I think if we he go has to off the back of this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired if we stayed up. It's, no, this has I been a disastrous season. Okay. But I think so that was, my view on Benitez is he would have come to the club thinking, if they go down, I will leave. But I think by the nature of what he seems to be like as a man, he will be start the same way we are, starting to think, well, yeah. maybe it will happen because of... He's seen know. all those pictures of Robson that we've got up. It's going to so make that, it more painful when he does. Oh, yeah. So we're, cu- we're cu- continuing with the current theme of this section of the show, which is that uh, I read out questions uh, from Twitter and we don't answer them <laughs> in any way. <laughs> we talk yep. for about 10 minutes and turn it into six completely okay, David, different questions. David Moyes. David yes, Moyes. David Moyes. David right, Moyes. there we go. Answered. Yeah, it's got to be David Moyes. Jesus, well, I'm sorry, you know, like, but I, I don't know about you guys, but I actually really care about our listeners. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of which, there was another question from Philip Huntsman. In a film documenting our fall from grace, which I'm sure, I assume will be on in a double bill with the Vardy film, <laughs> uh, other than Fergus Craig, who would play Pardew, Ashley or McLaren? There was a guy on first dates this week who looked like a really looked like Pardew. Right. Okay. So the guy <laughs> so from first dates is playing Pardew. I don't know. Leslie Nielsen oh, would be a good Pardew. Steve Buscemi could play Pardew. Oh, I, I like Buscemi. Yeah, I know, but he can play evil. Do you not think Leslie Nielsen, even though he's dead, <laughs> looks a lot like Pardew? Yeah. 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 I think there's an argument there for that. Well, speaking of Pardew, we should probably just take a minute as a podcast to, to say... <laughs> Get shut up. Shut your mouth. We could probably I just... Will, I will scream and break the microphone. Okay, we, we should... No. What we should do, you do know? though, is just take what a second. Do? Is a I will fellow. murder you. I will straight up murder you. 
We just do need to take a second. No, we don't. <laughs> Dave, I will continue <laughs> until I'm allowed to finish my sentence. We do need to take a minute as a podcast to say a big congratulations to Alan Pardew for continuing his phenomenal record in the FA Cup, both as a player and a manager, uh, for taking Crystal Palace to the final of the FA Cup. Well done, Pards. It was interesting reading today. Crystal Palace in this calendar year have won five FA Cup games and one Premier League game. Amazing. Uh, Fine. I'm I'm happy for the Crystal Palace fans. But... One of which is Alan Pardew. But Pardew can... Like, shut up. I hate him. Yeah, I think he'll he'll get himself found out eventually. Of course he will. This season has sort of proved that. I was worried at the start of this season that maybe we were just wrong about Pardew. I I don't doubt that he had a difficult situation here, but he didn't help himself and he exacerbated the situation with his behaviour. He's a he's not a good manager, and he'll be found out next season. But to answer the question, who else could play Pardew? Like Rickman could have. I'm just basically thinking of somebody who can play Les Dennis. Smog with, Les Dennis could play Steve McLaren, I think, <laughs> in a shot. Yeah, Les Dennis for McLaren. Who were the other ones? There was was it Carver? Was it Carver? John Carver? Would be would be oh, that guy who was I'm in trying to um, think of famous. Who's that? Oh, Tim Healy. Tim Healy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like lesbian actresses <laughs> okay that's right yeah who's in Orange is the New Black the one that plays Red I don't know uh, her, Gordon but... Kay could play Rafa Benitez oh from Alola Alola yes yeah, yeah. yeah. would be very yeah. good thanks there we go we're just basically I think Tim going Healy would be but yeah okay yeah. yeah Alan Pardew's got a bit of the David Brent about him as well oh yeah yeah okay well our next game Ricky is against... Ricky Tomlinson for joking here? Sorry? Ricky Tomlinson for joking here? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Sorry, mate. Go up. Our next one. Ricky Tomlinson for joking here? He can play joking here. Okay. I've never seen him do a Cockney accent, but... Chaz or Dave. I'm sure... Yeah. Oh, could yeah, be un- yeah, yeah. Could be understudies. Sorry, this, this could go. Yeah. This could run around. Yeah, we really and do you need, need to, to rattle go, on. Yeah. Because... You need to go and see Hamlet. Well, I just love my Shakespeare. <laughs> now... <laughs> Uh, we've spent too. To I'm really good at being. Yes, we've spent way too long on things that don't matter, and we're not talking about what really matters, which is: Are we going to go down? We've got on Saturday. We've, we're playing uh, our favourite ex-manager Alan Pardew's <laughs> Crystal Palace at St James's, uh, uh, and then after that, we've got Villa away, and then Spurs at home. There's a, there are a lot of questions here. Sunderland. Mm. They got their, what was so frustrating after that well-won point on Saturday, which seemed so important, we seem to be right back to where we were. We keep on getting right back to where we were because Sunderland got their draw against Arsenal and we seem to be right back to where we were, except it always seemed to be that we had a game in hand on everyone and now everyone's got a game in hand on us. Mm. Mm. And Sunderland look likely to get points from whoever they're playing. They've got a lot of momentum. That's the worry. My... I've start. I mean, they're playing well. Both Norwich and Sunderland. Although I think it's going to be between us and Sunderland. Both of them are playing Everton and Watford in their running. And if you could pick two teams to play at the moment, it would be those two. Yeah. We also, do have- Sunderland have Stoke to play, 
and they've lost the last three games. Yeah, but as I conceding four goals. Uh, Although you made a good point about this before the pod, Dave. It, it, they they lost to Liverpool, Tottenham, and Man City. So the last three games, yes, they have lost them, but they weren't losing them to teams that are shit. Sure, yeah. but Sunderland are in form. I worry we're going to need nine points yeah. from these three games. I think the only way we do that is if Leicester have wrapped up the title before Spurs come. Here's what I think is going to happen. Shoot. I feel like we'll beat Palace at home. Yeah. I feel like we'll beat Spurs at home. But I feel like we won't beat Villa away. That might be enough. Seven points. I'm, I'm similar to you, except I don't think we'll beat Palace at home. I think we'll yeah. beat Villa away, and I think we'll beat Spurs at home if they've got nothing to play for. I think we'll beat Palace at home. The way we've looked at home recently, and Palace with the cup sort of distraction. I know they're full strength at the moment, so I don't think it's going to be easy. I could see it being a, an edgy 1-0 or 2-1. Pardew loves to spoil the party, and Pardew loves to make me sad. I, I even think, I mean, Spurs, I even think if they are in the title race that we could beat them at home. Just because we've such a brilliant race, we're in, we've got such a brilliant record against Spurs. They're basically the only team left in the Premier League who we do have a good record against. Yeah. <laughs> and and this, this whole thing of, oh, if they're in the title race, they're more likely to win. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think in another sense that the pressure that they're under might mean that they don't... I would don't normally agree, but Spurs... Well, it's the same as Leicester. Whenever the pressure's been piled on them, yeah. they've come through with a massive performance. I don't think they'll be able to... Even if they want to hit the same levels, they won't have it in the back of their mind. It won't have the same importance. Well, if Leicester win their next two games, then yeah. Spurs are out the, the And we're recording this before Spurs play West Brom, so if West Brom have won, then <laughs> I will be doing cartwheels. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing that. It won't be pretty. It seems unlikely. Uh, So where are your percentages at, lads? 75 still, I think. No, 70. Wow, it's still tumbling towards... Because of the way we're playing as well. It relies on a lot. Sunderland, for as well as they're playing, seem only capable of drawing at the minute. So I think... There's a world in which 36 points would be enough, and I think we're a team that looks capable of getting that. But at the same time, Sunderland's games on paper look so easy, I could see them getting to 40. It's Sunderland that worries me. The fact that yeah. they've got a game in hand as well. That, yeah, Go on, Dave? 90. 90%. Okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll meet you in the middle at 80%. Although, somewhere that, that ostrich within me is pushing... Towards 75%. Come on. I'll say 75%. 75%. Yeah. I mean, that still thinks, that still means I think we've got a one in four chance <laughs> of staying up. And yeah, I think we've got a one in four chance of staying up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have. We're going to be relying. you do, Dave, as well, really. You think we've got a one in four chance of staying up? No. Your percentages don't match up, Dave, with every statement that comes out of your mouth. That is true. Especially off the microphone about Newcastle. You're always the one to point out the silver linings in every situation. You're always like... Sure, no, I'm happy to point out the the positives and the the silver lining and the the what-ifs and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, 
Sunderland and Norwich have a game in hand over us. They are Sunderland and Norwich have a point on top of us. Uh, Sunderland have got six games. Uh, sorry, eight goals uh, better goal difference than we do, and they've both got t- games against Everton and Watford that are, as we've said, they're not beating anybody. And Sunderland look capable of getting points from every game. Sunderland look capable of winning their games against terrible opposition much more than um, the Norwich do. But no, like we, we've got to, we've got to be, we've got to get four points better than them if we assume that they win their goal game in hand. And I think we've got to. And for that to be true, we're basically going to need nine points from the next three games. And I can't see us winning three games in a row. And I certainly can't see us beating Spurs. Okay. I don't no, know. I no, think with our, with our home record and our only away game being Villa, who are the worst team in living memory in the league, I'd say nine points is more possible than it would seem. Just because of the way we look like we're playing at the sure. moment as well. I, I'm, I, I agree that you know we have got a chance. I just I think I'm looking more at Sunderland and Norwich, and they'll definitely get the points that like one of them will get the points they need. Sorry. Okay. Got to go to Hamlet. Yeah, I've got to go Hamlet, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I think we all need to rush off and go to our respective plays this okay. evening. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, well, as, it, as Kevin Keegan said, you know, in Newcastle, they wait every Saturday to go and watch the football, whereas down in London, it's all about going to the theatre. I remember him saying that in his press conference. Me and Dave are off to Jersey Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and see the vagina monologues. Great. Yeah. Um, if you were up on theatre as much as I am Dave you would know that the vagina monologues hasn't been on for quite a while (laughs) it does show what we all think of as theatre though vagina monologues Jersey Boys Hamlet (laughs) well there you go alright thank you very much we will are we not going to do quick predictions for the the Palace game fucking hell Jude Hamlet is on with you would not if you would make your points quicker Dave we would have been out (laughs) ten minutes ago you'd be rambling go Quick question, who would play Fergus in the film of this podcast? I think Michael Douglas in Falling Down. Denzel Washington. Okay. Um, Palace, I think we'll win 2-1. 2-1 win. 1-1. Okay, there we go. Thanks. Which means it'll be 1-1. Okay. Uh, Thank you very much for this. Well, it's because when I don't predict 1-1, it's always 1-1. Can you predict 1-1 so that we know it's not going to be 1-1? Okay, 1-1. But my prediction was 2-1. (laughs) <laughs> okay it's just a mess the podcast will be a little later in the week he's next so week so angry when he's missing oh, the no. theatre it's just so strong. the podcast will be a bit later like because of the bank holiday I'm sorry but there's <laughs> there's no one who speaks to me more than Shakespeare he just he just understands me so thank you very much for listening that explains the rough <laughs> <laughs> goodbye bye bye This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. For all our other football titles, go to playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.